Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Simon Provan. How are you, sir? I'm good. Baxter, how are you? Oh, very well, actually. The Revolution got a win over the weekend. I am loving life. And uh, all is well. well. Baxter, you know, I was going to say Brad. You can call me Brad. But Baxter, it's no secret that we are not doing these shows live. Yes. In that... uh, you know, we pre-record them before we put them out sure, there, but sure. but we're recording this show as the UEFA, not yeah, the UEFA Europa League final is going on between Sevilla yes. and Liverpool. Sevilla, just as we went on air, scored a goal to tie things up one-one. Interesting. They, the second half literally just started. Yes, yes. So they came right out the seconds gate. into the second half. Wow, left them unmarked in the middle of the box. Can't be doing that. Cannot Can't. be doing that. Big, big game for them because this year the winner of Europa League goes directly to next year's group stage of the Champions League, that which is right. I think is a beautiful move by UEFA to I agree. Have, uh, have done that. But I'm, I'm jumping the gun here, Baxter. I will, right. I will let you get it through the okay. introductions. No, no, no. You do what you got to do. If you'd like to take <laughs> over, you can. Uh, you are more than welcome. Hijacking the show, Simon <laughs> Provan. I love it. All right. Now, we've got a great show in store for you today. We'll be joined in our second segment by Mr. Soccer himself, Peter Wilt of Chicago NASL. He has some updates for us on the upcoming project that is the new expansion team in Chicago, so you're not going to want to miss that. Peter is just a great guy to chat with, a good friend of ours, but also a good friend of the show and just uh, a true gentleman in the soccer world as well. Absolutely, so we love, yeah. We love chatting with Peter. We've had him on the show before, so he's going to come on back and chat with us again. Yeah, actually, he was here when we relaunched Two Up he Front was, in this new yes. capacity, you know, with a more of a national reach, so we will always appreciate that part of our relationship with him, but yes. to that, you know, anytime we say to him, hey, Peter, we'd love to have you on, his response is always, whenever you need it, guys. Yep, exactly. Give me a call. Let's set it up. Let's set it up and make it happen. So he will, uh, he'll be on here in second segment. Uh, I've got an MLS All-Star ballot. Simon's going to help me figure it out. Hopefully we can figure out something that's going on with that, and uh, we'll have a chat about that later on as well, some NWSL coverage, as we always do on the show. Also, no uh, player interview this week, but uh, we've got some good ones brewing in the uh, the next coming weeks. Uh, a lot of teams traveling, a lot of teams just hard to get a hold of for media this week, which is totally understandable. Everybody has a life, Simon. They do. They do. Except us. Anyway, um, <laughs> for those of you that enjoy us and uh, feel bad for us, uh, you can listen to us uh, on Fridays on Sports Radio America from 2 to 5 Eastern Time. And you can get us on demand on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and on Spreaker.com as well. You can go check out our website, 2 Upfront Soccer. 
www.wix.com backslash two upfront soccer and all kinds of other fun things, Simon. Yeah, we're also on Facebook, obviously two upfront. Just search for it and uh, click on that. I'm sure you'll find us. We're also on Twitter at two upfront soccer. He is at Baxter Colburn, and I am at Simon Proven. Very active this week. We've actually had a lot of people interact with us this week on Twitter, and uh, we're actually going to respond to one of those. We are. We are. We uh, Here in our first segment, we have a barrage of uh, quick things to get through here in this opening segment, something that we maybe might try to do a little bit more here going forward on the show. Uh, there's so many things that happen in the soccer world, especially within the last week, that we want to kind of get off and... Uh, and have a good chat about. So, um, Can right we do this without being, uh, you know, our attention divided here between the show and actually checking in this Europa League final? I know, because we've got it on split screen right now, as I've got my show notes here on the right side of my screen. We've got the Sevilla-Liverpool game on the left side, so hopefully we can focus on it. All right, here we go. Are you ready, Simon? We've got about eight things to get through. One of them we've already kind of touched on, the Sevilla-Liverpool. Let's just start with that really fast. I know it's 1-1 right now. It'll be over by the time this airs. But even before coming into this game, a lot of folks really thought Liverpool had this wrapped up. And as you mentioned, some higher stakes for this year's uh, Europa League final as well. Automatic qualification into the group stage of the Champions League. Do you like that move? I love it. I, it brings some extra importance to this tournament. Because let's, let's be honest here that the Europa League, it's kind of like the NIT of international it, soccer. It is, at the end of the day, it really Unless is. Unless your club's playing in it, you really don't pay attention to it. No, uh, I honestly forgot it was still going on. Well, there you go. But now with the winner going into Champions League, part of let me back up a little bit. Part of that is some leagues, especially Premier League sides, saw this as more of a, uh, oh, really, we got to be yeah, in this I mean, thing? Europa League. It's still money. It's, it's still, still money. exposure. Your fans get to go see your teams a couple more times a year. Right, but they wouldn't put their strongest squads out there because to them it wasn't worth anything. Sure. Okay, you win the Europa League. Woo, big deal. Yeah, now what? You know? yeah. So now it's, hey, you win the Europa League. You automatically, no matter where Straight you finish through. in your league, you Straight could be relegated through. and win the Europa League mm-hmm. and still be in Champions League next year. So, well, yeah. Liverpool didn't finish in a top spot in uh, in the Premier League, so that may, this helps them out. Yeah, this actually, they finished, uh, what was it, eighth, perhaps? I believe so, I think eight or ninth. Yeah. So they can finish eight or ninth or you know, anywhere below six mm-hmm. and actually be in a better place than Manchester United finishing in sixth and having to... Play their way into the it's kind of crazy how some of that stuff works out at times, but you know, as we mentioned, it's a tie game right now. As we are doing the show, um, we'll see what happens. Clear handball in the box there. Anyway, um, so we're excited about that. Liverpool had my vote going into this game. Uh, what about you, Simon? It's- yeah, it's. Let me let me be honest here. It's tough because you, we don't get much coverage in the states of Sevilla. No, it's all Premier League sides. Exactly. So I'm I'm going to be honest and say I don't really know the strength of Sevilla. I don't they know. love this tournament. I know that they're know, in it almost every they, year. They're very good at it. Every yes. Year, yeah. Uh, but certainly with the way Liverpool has been covered, with the things Klopp has been saying about, yes. I've talked to the men. We're ready to go. We've done everything we need to to win this game. You would certainly expect a team like Liverpool to end up pulling the win out of this. Exactly. All right, uh, moving on from that, we'll stay in Europe for a moment. Steve Birnbaum, the D.C. United defender, rumored, rumored to maybe be on Borussia Dortmund's radar. What? What? Really? Come on, Steve. I mean, Steve is a very good player, but Steve is only in his second year in MLS. I feel like this is just a little too presumptuous. I know he's a young, talented, strong center defender, but being rumored to go to a guy like you know Borussia Dortmund, I think this is a little too early for something like this to be going on. Well, I don't know. DeAndre Yedlin ends up being uh, picked up by Tottenham Hotspur. Well, yes, DeAndre Yedlin also has you know four forty speed, basically. Though you know it's ridiculous. But that's before he went over. That's 
I don't want to say that's all he had because obviously he had more skill than that. Yes. But one of Basically the... Basically all he had, though, was speed. Let's be right. honest. One of the problems with, with American soccer is that that's the first thing, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody's tall, ooh, they got to be good. Somebody's fast, ooh, they got to be good. The skills part tends to be the, the second part of that equation. And it needs to be the first part. I've got to say, since he went over to England... Yedlin has has done some wonderful. Well, since he got tr- not transferred, loaned to, loan to Sunderland, he was one know? of the driving factors of them avoiding relegation. Absolutely, and, Sa- and he proved them. Sam Alderus wrong because Sam Alderus mm-hmm. came out and said, "I'm not, I'm not playing Yedlin. He doesn't have the experience mm-hmm. in a relegation battle." He became a solid right back. Yeah, starter well, for Jones him. went down injured, so they mm-hmm. had to put Yedlin in there, and he has not lost that position since. Exactly. So, is this too far fetched? I don't think it's too far fetched. We'll see what happens. I don't know, Steve Birnbaum. I've always liked the guy. I think he's a very talented player, but. Little early, I feel like, for some of these. But at the same accord, Dortmund did just lose Matis Hummels as well. He went to Bayern Munich, who, as we now get to transition into, along with Barcelona, have won their respective leagues, La Liga and the, uh, whatever that is, the, the German league, the Bundesliga. The Bundesliga. They've yes. now won it for the fourth time in a row. I just feel like Bayern Munich, they don't, they're not challenged by anybody anymore. Same with Barcelona. Not in extent. Germany. No, not in Germany, but the league at the end of the day is still very important. It is very, of course it is. Still, like, even with teams like PSG as well, they won their league as well. Okay, great. Who else really gave them a run for their money, though? Speaking of which, I I posted this on our Facebook page, kind of jumping ship from our plan here, Baxter, but you got to feel for Bob Bradley. Yeah. His club, Le Havre, there in France, ends up in fourth place, which means they don't get promoted to Ligue 1. They missed it by a single goal. Hmm. A single missed it by goal. that much. Missed it by that. Or actually, it may have been the head. I'd have to go back and look. But what it was, it was kind of like the Confederations Cup with the U.S. when Bob Bradley was coaching. So Le Havre needed to win by six goals and have Mets lose. Or needed to win by at least six goals for that goal differential and, and not let Mets catch up on that. Um, they won by five. <sighs> five goals. And they hit the woodwork about four times. I can't remember if they tied. I could look this up real quick, but we don't have time. They either tied on points, and then the first headbreaker was, or the first tiebreaker was head-to-head competition, or it was that they missed it out by one oh. goal. So the miracle almost happened. Bob Bradley almost Staying takes his down, team though. to one of the top leagues Ugh. in Europe. In Ligue, in Ligue 2, they are stuck in yes, now for right. this next year. Um, and then the manager now that finds himself relegated, as it were, uh, is Rafa Benitez. Will he stay at Newcastle, Simon? But well, this was this is almost our, our, our social media question of the week, basically, because we had a gentleman reach out to yeah, us. Yeah, Sean Schwalbach on Twitter Great had said, uh, <laughs> I hope you guys discuss Rafa staying at Newcastle a bit on the next show. Baxter and I talked, we thought, hey, cool, you know what, this guy's reaching out to Absolutely. us once. To, wants to hear about us. Well, what I'm going to tell you is this. There's not much to predict anymore because Rafa signed a contract with Newcastle United. He will be there. Mm-hmm. And all reports are saying that he's already preparing for next year, that uh, the owner has given Rafa all power on all transfers. Interesting. Well, Newcastle, I mean, you you think that they're usually a staple in the Premier League. Now they're going to go hang out in the first division there in the, in the championship. The we'll championship. see what they can do. It's also not foreign to Newcastle. They've been in the championship. Yeah. They've been up and down these last few years, yes. actually. Uh, but, yeah, the owner, Mike Ashley, has given complete control to Rafa Benitez. And I think at this point, that's the best thing you can do. Exactly. And it's it's amazing to think a manager like Benitez coached at Real Madrid Mm-hmm. Uh, now he's at Newcastle. Now, he only got 10 games with them, so that experiment was a little hard because obviously you're like, well, you've got 10 games to avoid this team from relegation. And he came Didn't close, work. though. He, he, came, he close came close to getting close. Them up. They missed it by two points. Right. I mean, they, well, Sunderland missed it points. by that much exactly. to repeat it a theme. To be, 
seems to be a reoccurring theme. Well, one other thing that has taken place in Europe that might find its big nose or its big body moving over to America is Zlatan. There's rumors he might be coming to MLS. He only wants to play for the Galaxy, apparently, but as everybody knows, they have 3DPs. Don Garber always has a shifty, crafty way of finally getting around the rules. Like, what do you mean? Everybody can have 40Ps now. Oh, <laughs> how great. But well, let's, let's, is it going to happen, though? I, I don't think it is. No? I, I, I think we'll see him either in Qatar or we'll see him in China or some other. Manchester United Asian. is a rumor right now. They have a contract from, you know, Zlatan has a contract from United. I believe it's a one-year deal, but realistically, how many games is he going to play in a full year, though? But this is a guy that also scored 49 goals in Europe last year. Right. 49! He's 34. That's crazy. You know, he's one of those guys where I don't think the age matters that much. No, I don't think so. And you know what? Let me ask you this, Baxter, because we actually never talked about this. Do you want him in MLS? I think it would be fun. I think it would be fun. Would I think he'd make the league better if he continues to score the way he's been scoring? Well, absolutely. But it's one of those guys where it's almost a cult hero where I understand the whole retirement league talk and all that stuff. He's one of those guys that I don't care how old he is. He would be a fun guy. He would be. It would be a fun year if or two maybe for MLS just to have a guy like him come over, mess around for a year or two, score a bunch of goals, give some highlights. Just you know, he's one of those guys where you you make room for him on your team. See, for me. I could see it going that way, but I'd be a little afraid that it'd be more frustrating than anything. Because let's let's admit it, he's got an enormous ego. He thinks he is God, basically. Sure. And there's people out there who think he's God. Oh, absolutely. Um, my fear would be that that would get in the way more than anything. That it wouldn't be he wouldn't be as goofy on the field as he is now, mm-hmm. um, because he'd be he'd be thinking he's better than the league. Potentially, but why else would he consider? You know, a possible move here if he thought he was well, better than the league. That, though. That's just it because he's coming here to retire, and I don't. Right. And my fear, I don't want to say fear. That makes it sound like that my life is at stake on, sure. on, on MLS. But my my point is, <laughs> what is your? He'd point, come Simon? here to retire. <laughs> he'd come here to retire, and he'd play that way. He wouldn't play. He Maybe. wouldn't. Zlatan wouldn't play the way Zlatan plays. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see if it actually happens. Some other things we have to get to really fast before the end of the segment. Kai Kamara got traded to the New England Revolution. I did a quick little one-liner thing about this um, that we posted on Facebook a little while ago. I think it's a great move. We already saw that in the first game against the Chicago Fire. Very active. For Makes, this year. For this year, yes. Short term, it's a good move. Long term, I think uh, we'll the Revolution see. bet the house. Revolution also don't spend any money on anybody. That's true. So at the same time. I don't really know if it's anything to be really worried about. And even with this trade, they didn't really spend much money. They gave everything else. They gave draft picks away. They gave allocation. Well, I think they gave it was like officially, I don't know, it was either 300,000 or 500,000 Tam Gam, Man Jam. So is he not a DP then with New England? Uh, No, he is a DP. He He gave an international spot to Columbus as well, too. Will it work out? I don't know. Right now, hopefully it does. Yeah, and that's why I say short term, great move for New England. Long term, even a better move for Columbus. We'll see. We'll see if Columbus uses it the way they... We'll see if they use all this allocation money accordingly now. So we'll see. All right, uh, two other quick things to get to really fast. Giovanni Dos Santos tells Mexico, no, he is not going to play in the Copa America. He said, thanks, but no, I'm good. I'm going to continue to score and dominate MLS. You guys have fun doing everything else that you're going to do. Yeah, I don't know if he's being a little petulant there because there were, uh, you know, a couple of times that he felt he should have been called up and he wasn't called up, and mm-hmm. this was his way of saying, "Yeah, 
in any boo boo. How how you pass up on a tournament like the Copa? I don't America. understand. He's not the only one though. There's other players that have not mm-hmm. been called up that uh, have surprised people. But as the well. form that he's in right now, mixed with the form that Chicharito's in right now, Mexico would have been fairly scary yes. to deal with. You know. Uh, last thing to really talk about for American soccer fans: Josie Altador. He got hurt looking at a butterfly in a park. No, he got hurt after trying to take a shot during a TFC game or after a penalty kick. He's now out. He will not be on the Copa America roster. Are you sad, Simon, or do you no, really not care? I, I, I don't know. What, what I care about is the fact that Klinsman comes out and says we will find a way to replace him. No, you don't go out and play a 4-5-3-1 anymore, whatever it is. You don't play a lone striker now. You play, perhaps you do a 4-4-2 and you have Wood and Dempsey up there together. You don't I'm fine with to, Bobby Wood. Give Bobby Wood an opportunity. Right, but what I'm saying is you don't look to replace out the door. You look at the guys you have exactly. and figure out the system that works with them. Exactly. I agree. I absolutely agree. If you like anything that we just talked about, let us know. We said on Twitter, 2UpFrontSoccer. On Facebook, 2UpFront as well. At Baxter Colburn, at Simon Provan. We need to run to a break when we come back. Peter Wilt is here to talk about expansion in Chicago and Chicago NASL. We'll, back, we'll be back with more on 2UpFront right after this. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon. Now we get to have a wonderful interview on the show, a man that we both know very well. We've chatted with him multiple times. He's known around the great state of Wisconsin and the Midwest as Mr. Soccer. He's a member of the Illinois Soccer Hall of Fame. If you've ever been to a Chicago Fire game, I'm sure you've heard the legends of the great Mr. Peter Wilt. And now he's back here on the program with us again. Peter, good afternoon, sir, and welcome back to Two Up Front. Thank you very much, back, Simon. Thanks for having me on. Well, we are excited to have you back, Peter. And uh, a couple months ago, we had you on the show. We were talking about the, your your new project. After you, you decided the Chicago Fire wasn't enough, so you decided to bring another soccer team to the Chicago area. What updates do you have for us on uh, Chicago NASL? Well, it's a, a number of parallel paths that we keep uh, pushing along. And I think we're making progress on all of them. Uh, and certainly the promotional efforts trying to get more people locally connected with the team and, and that's going well uh, we're getting uh, we're soliciting information from fans uh, to find out what they want the team to be called where they want the team to play what they want the colors of the team to be and uh, they can uh, give us their input on our website which is chicago nasl.com and then we're also um, lining up uh, investors on a couple of different levels. You know, the, the lead investors, we have two, uh, real good candidates that are ready to, uh, to be on board. We have a number of minority strategic investors and that process is moving very well. And then we have something that is somewhat unique to American soccer and that's, uh, supporters, uh, investors. So, um, a supporters trust creation of that. Uh, really is, is unique in American soccer. It's a more commonplace in Europe and Latin America. But we've been making progress with new legislation in the state of Illinois, and we hope to be able to roll it out in June. Excellent. Uh, well, one of the things that yeah we were talking about uh, 
off air, Baxter and I, is we're looking through and seeing that originally the idea was to have a uh, spring 2017 start. And, of course, NASL announced an expansion team in San Francisco, the Deltas. So spring 2017 season is just under 12 months from now. Is 2017 still looking like the start? Are you going to probably push that back a year? Or what are your thoughts on that, Peter? Uh, we could still hit 2017. Uh, we'll, we need a June uh, or at latest a July approval. Uh, but the league is uh, the league owners are meeting in June, and their approval, I believe, is pretty much contingent on us uh, solidifying the venue deal. So we continue to talk with a couple of major venues, including uh, Soldier Field, and if we can move that along to the point where we have a memorandum of understanding signed, uh, I believe that will be enough to get us approved by the NASL Board of Governors. And that gives us, you know, a full uh, 10 months to uh, before we kick off. And when we started the Chicago Fire in 1998, we actually launched those efforts in July of 97. So we were able to do it with nine months. And in a lot of ways, we already have our, 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 our ramp started. Uh, when we launched the website uh, several months ago, that was uh, the beginning of creating interest in the team. Uh, so I, I don't have any worry that if we get league approval in June, we'll be able to launch in 2017. If it goes much longer than that, though, uh, then you're right. We'll probably be looking at either a fall of 2017 start or spring of 2018. And what, what do you see of the differences between prepping uh, an MLS team for a season versus – prepping an NASL scene. I shouldn't say for a season. I mean for for a launch. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just a one-and-done yeah, kind of you thing. Know, yeah. There's a lot more commonalities than there are differences. And I think the differences may be, in comparing the fire and the Chicago NASL effort, the differences are more due to um, the difference of time. I mean, we are about 19 years separating the two efforts, and it's a world of difference in the status of professional soccer in America now than it was two decades ago. So I, I don't think the difference is because of the league. I think the difference is because of the the media that's available uh, now versus 19 years ago and also the uh, audience. Uh, when we started the Chicago Fire, the the number or at least percentage of, of Chicagoans that were passionate and knowledgeable about soccer was a fraction of what there is now. Uh, and then, you know, the medium was different. The Internet was really just ramping up. Uh, social media was virtually non-existent. And getting the word out was more a matter of using traditional expensive media uh, by way of buying television ads and whole-page newspaper ads uh, than it is now. So it's uh, different tactics, uh, different efforts, and uh, different audiences. Well, one thing I'm curious about, Peter, is we're talking here with Peter Wilt from Chicago NASL here on Two Up Front. One thing I'm interested about is the, the three venues that you have at least listed right now. You've got Soldier Field, Wrigley Field, and U.S. Cellular Field. 
if right now if the Chicago Fire are struggling to even fill their soccer-specific stadium, how do you guys plan to fill a, a bigger stadium than that or at least be comparable to numbers to make sure that you're actually making enough money to you know, kind of even out your profits by trying to fill a bigger venue? Yeah. Well, it, we really want to play in a major league venue. I think that's important to the credibility of the organization, of the team, and to become relevant with the fan base. So that does limit limit us. There's not an ideal venue uh, capacity-wise in the city of Chicago, which is where we're committed to play. Uh, so that, that leaves us with three oversized venues, as you noted. Uh, there's um, a few ways to address it. One is by not trying to sell out the entire stadium. Uh, like when we were with the fire and playing at Soldier Field, the stadium can be downsized. Sure, uh, yep. you can. We see that with the Sounders, too. They do that a lot, yeah. Absolutely. And I think in Soldier Field's case, we would first sell the east side and the south side. And um, you can uh, create uh, almost a, a false intimacy by grouping all the fans in, in one area. Uh, it doesn't eliminate that issue, but it minimizes it. Mm-hmm. It also cuts down on your expenses by only having to hire ushers and security and concession workers for certain parts of, of, of the venue. Uh, and we intend to fill as much of it as possible. You know, I think there's been a real groundswell of support uh, for this uh, yet unnamed team. And I think uh, we may surprise some naysayers when they see how many people really do come out to these games. Peter, you just you just threw me a great softball for a question I want to ask you about. Uh, speaking of attendance, uh, one of the things that we saw in the NASL openers this season was quite a few of them were down, uh, overall down by 37% league-wide. So one of the questions people have asked us about, or specifically me, and said, hey, can, if you get a chance, can you ever ask Peter this question? So I'm going to ask you, why the NASL over, for example, the USL? What's the, what's the thought process there? Uh, it's a matter of ambition. The NASL wants to be a first division league. Um, we're aiming for the highest heights. Uh, USL is a, a minor league. It's a development league. It's a, essentially a farm league. Uh, and that's fine. It's, it's important. It serves an important role in American soccer to develop players. But that's not what the North American Soccer League is about. And that's not what the Chicago NASL team wants to be. We want to play at the highest level. Uh, we want to be, uh, a first division team, and that's uh, I totally get that. One of the things I'm I'm wondering about, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on NASL chasing that Division One status, and and in that respect, basically going after MLS a bit. Um, is that obviously you feel you know with the team that that you've got that you're looking to have down in Chicago? Is that in the best interest of of soccer in the U.S. Is having two Division One leagues competing with each other? ultimately a good thing for for the game in, in this country. Oh, yeah. I think in any business, competition is good. It um, improves. It, it allows the cream to rise to the top. It forces everyone uh, to uh, to improve their product and to behave better. And in Chicago, I think our presence has already increased the passion that Chicago Fire fans have for their team. Uh, fans have been passive for the last half decade or so, once we announced our efforts, uh, became more active and more passionate. And then on the field, I think once we get going uh, and we put together a team that can compete 
with any team in this country, I think that's going to force uh, other teams in other leagues to improve their rosters as well. You know, it's not all that different than what the AFL and NFL went through in the 60s or what the ABA and the NBA went through in the 70s. And it's uh, something that will be positive for the sport in this country. Is this with this team, Peter? Is it possible to see kind of what we're seeing right now in LA or New York with the fact that they have two professional teams in the same league? Is that something that if MLS were to come to you guys at some point in the next, you know, five or ten years and say, "Hey, we want to upgrade you guys to MLS instead of in this NASL district," is that something that might be a possibility? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Every, every, it's kind of funny. Everyone assumes that you know, five, ten years from now, MLS is still going to be the better league of the two. <laughs> It's written that says yeah, the NASL will be the better league. I mean, there's no salary cap in the NASL. Um, there's no collective bargaining agreement, so we can't have one. Uh, but the NASL has, has big ambition. And with the right broadcast agreements and um, the right ownership and the right management and the right stadium location, uh, there's no reason the NASL uh, in some or all markets can't be uh, the bigger, better league. So maybe five or ten years from now, there'll be some MLS owners saying, huh, maybe we should be in that league. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. No, that's that's definitely something to keep an eye on. And I know I feel like sometimes the NASL is kind of swept under the rug like, oh, that's cute. You guys do what you're going to do over there. But you never know. As you mentioned, this could be a, the quiet giant that's just, you know, continuing to grow behind the scenes and then in, you know, a year or two. Yeah, I know that sounds ridiculous right now. I apologize for cutting you off. Beth, no, no, no. You, you, you look at other sports. You know, baseball, when the American League started in 1901, it was the Rebel League. It was the Wildcat League mm-hmm. that was taking on the old grandfather um, National League, which has been around for 25 years at that point. They have a designated hitter in that league. It's so weird. (laughs) Yeah. And the American League ended up uh, becoming a better league. Certainly in the 1920s and 30s, um, the American League champion dominated the National League champion in the World Series. ABA and the NBA. When the two leagues finally merged, uh, the year after they merged, the All-Star game was almost half ABA players. Hmm. And uh, there's no reason that, um, uh, you know, a decade from now, we can't see the same thing happening in American soccer. Fair enough. One thing's for sure, Peter. When these teams get up and running, when the Chicago NASL team gets up and running, that'll be a great Open Cup derby between uh, – your team and the fire. <laughs> yeah, no, that's for sure. And the way they're grouping open cup, in fact, it's funny you should mention that as we speak. I'm uh, driving to Cincinnati for a second-round U.S. Open Cup game uh, between FC Cincinnati and Indy 11 MCFL. Ah. Uh, and that, 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 that David versus Goliath thing that we're going to see tonight, a fourth-division team uh, taking on a third-division team, is the type of thing that makes that tournament so special. And in Chicago... Uh, since the two teams would be in two different leagues, the only time they would play against each other in meaningful competition would be in the U.S. Open Cup. And the way that, that U.S. soccer groups opponents, they do it geographically. So uh, very likely in most years, the two teams would play each other. And it would be a great rival, a great um, uh, event. And I could see that may be one way that we would still 
Soldier Field. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Peter. Well, good luck on the uh, the game tonight. I don't know if John Bush will be there to bail you guys out, though, against a, uh, a fiery uh, FC Cincinnati team. But uh, have a safe trip, and thank you so much for taking some time here on 2 Up Front with us today. Thank you, guys. My pleasure. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Peter. Peter Wilt, the new man in charge of the Chicago NASL project down in Chicago. Go and check out their website, chicagonasl.com. Cast your vote on their survey as well, and let them know your thoughts if you are in the Chicago area. We are going to run we are going to run to a break if Simon doesn't mute me, and uh, we'll talk about so much more when we come back on Two Up Front, right back after this. Welcome back inside the studio for another edition of Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon, time to jump into the NWSL and U.S. Women's National Team. Some exciting things coming out of both camps this week. The 26 women, I can't say man, I'm so used to saying 26 man roster. The 26 player roster has been named for the two-leg friendlies for Japan for the June 2nd and June 5th camps right before the Olympics as well. So Jill Ellis naming her gals. We'll get to that in just a little bit with the NWSL this last weekend. Um, some very interesting games that took place, to say the least. Uh, a couple draws, a couple wins. Boston, low, low scoring, though. Very Boston, low scoring. Boston, I feel so bad for Boston. They can't catch a break. They, they got an own goal to add insult to injury. They lost this week off of an own goal, and it allowed Sky Blue to continue to move on. So good for Sky Blue. They uh, they got a victory, 1-0 over Boston. But at the same time, Boston, 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 Boston. Come on, guys. You can do it. Yes, the they haven't Boston, even scored a goal this year. Boston can't catch a break, breakers. Oh, he said it, not me. I did. <laughs> anyway. Um, but then you've got Washington. Spirit, still undefeated. Yeah, still undefeated. They took down the Houston Dash 1-0. Washington, still the best team in the league at 4-0-1. They have 13 total points. They've scored seven goals. Christine Naren assisting the game-winning goal for Joanna Lohman on this one as well. Right place, right time for her. Just Washington continuing to to just kind of bully teams around. They Absolutely. they don't play beautiful soccer really to my from what I've watched. But at the same time, they get it done. They pass the ball well. They move the ball well. They've got great crosses. And no matter who seems to be on the field, a lot of things still continue to flow through. Christine Naren and Joanna Loman got a great goal. But as we all know. Crystal Dunn made a lot of opportunities and chances happen in this game as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, let's not forget the play of Ellie Krieger as well. I mean, she, she was really responsible for setting up that goal for the Spirit. But I'm I'm really interested, Baxter, in this upcoming game this weekend. The Spirit play the Thorns. That's yes. going to be the battle of the uh, undefeateds. Yes, I'm exactly. I'm looking forward to that one. You do have to give credit, though, to Lydia Williams, though, of the Houston Dash. She came up with a ton of highlight reel saves in this game. Uh, Rachel Daly continued to try to push and uh, took a couple long-range shots. We saw Becky get a few shots off as well. O'Sullivan, the the ladies really did push as hard as they could in this one for the Houston Dash, but unfortunately just didn't quite bend their way for them this week. Uh, FC Kansas City and Chicago Red Stars, that was an interesting game. Those two teams drew nil-nil after Christian Press has found a way the last couple weeks to score crazy goals. Right. FC Kansas City finally put a silencer on Press for at least a little bit, and the, the Red Stars attack as a whole, which, as I've mentioned multiple times, and I believe you, has, you have as well, Simon, that... Uh, 
you look at this Chicago team, you take press away, they really don't have that many other exciting attacking options. No, they don't, which is why it's so important to have a goalkeeper like Alyssa uh, Nair, who turned in you know another five saves, another mm-hmm. huge performance for Chicago. So, yeah, Chicago continues to search for that that out-and-out striker, but until you do, you need to have a strong defense, and that's what Chicago has. Exactly, yeah. Another big win over this weekend, the Orlando Pride. They got a much-needed win over the Western New York Flash, but credit to Western New York Flash, though. This is a 1-0 victory for the Orlando Pride, but Western New York Flash, offensively, they moved the ball well, they stepped well, they really pushed Orlando, but Alex Morgan literally had to go through three players to score a, a chip goal, which the keeper should not have been off her line that far. However... She still did a world-class thing as a world-class athlete, and she scored a beautiful world-class yeah, she did. goal. She did. And actually, I wouldn't fault D'Angelo too much for being out where she was. The ball was up midfield, and the pride quickly turned quickly turned it around. Um, actually, this would be one of those rare instances where I would give the player of the match title to the goalkeeper for Western New York. I agree. Flash, no, I completely lost because agree. Because that, that game could have easily been 5-0, but Sabrina D'Angelo, again, the goalkeeper for Western New York Flash, put in a superstar performance mm-hmm. that kept that game at 1-0. I agree. So the game of the week, Simon, that a lot of folks had their eyes on, uh, it was the Seattle Rain taking Ooh. on the Portland Thorns. 1-1 is how it finally ends after all the dust settled, after everything took place. And we end up with a draw, so the Cascadia teams have to settle for neither of them being better than the next. And I'll tell you what, the first 45 minutes, whew, it was it was a bit of a snooze fest until a la- until about the last five minutes of the first half. As but sometimes happens, Right, yes. but second half starts within the first two minutes, Portland scores. Mm-hmm. Then three minutes later, Seattle scores. Now... Unfortunately, the story of this game, Baxter, with this great rivalry, was the referee. Um, I had it up here on my screen, but the ref was atrocious. Let's let's just put it that way. Um, here was the ref was so bad. Seattle actually had this in their press release for a few and hours. I saw that because I I saw the backlash on Twitter as well, yes. um, and people were kind of you know in, you know insulting basically, saying you know I remember when Seattle was a classy organization and insulted the ref in their press release basically and things yeah. like that. I'm like that's something you just don't do. For the folks who haven't heard, this is the the direct quote from the Seattle Rain press release. It, I mean, it, game ended one one. Yeah. Both teams got yellow cards. Sure. The referee, the referee. This is a. Seattle saying this. The referee apparently suffered from a strange form of paralysis that prevented him from pulling a yellow card from his pocket until late in the game, despite a plethora of bodies in blue that littered the field. That is absolutely horribly unprofessional. It, and Seattle, I agree. stop. Yeah, if you're going to comment There's no on... no reason you do that. Listen, you do you, not take a shot as an organization at a referee in a press release. In a press release. Yeah, you do after not the do game, that. in the heat of the moment, absolutely. That word, that's something words a player or a coach should sure. have said maybe in sure. an interview. That's not something as an organization you do. Well, they did get fined an undisclosed amount. And yes. I, wish, I wish the leagues would publish I love what that. these teams are getting An undisclosed fined. amount. They got fined a Snickers bar and a Diet Coke. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> So sorry, but, ref. But yeah, it's it's you can't sit there and say, "Hey, that ref is horrible," and then go out and do something like that because now you've made yourself just as bad. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Hope Solo's their goalie, so maybe she was, you know, driving. I, anyway, no, there was an, an interesting uh, happening on the field though for that first goal though too, because Solo and Lindsey Horn kind of collided there at that bit that allowed Portland to get on the board early too. So you could definitely see, and it's something to keep an eye on as a women's national team uh, fan. Hope Solo hasn't been playing top soccer. But Alyssa Nair has hasn't. been. Um, now the other ladies, uh, Ashlyn Harris, has been playing good as well. 
Will Hope Solo be the starter in Rio? I don't know. I don't know. Something to keep an eye on on that one. So uh, this upcoming week of action, the Houston Dash take on the Orlando Pride. Western New York Flash, Sky Blue FC. Portland takes on Washington, as Simon mentioned. Boston takes on Kansas City. And Seattle takes on Chicago. Some fun games. Simon, which ones are you going to be keeping an eye on this weekend? Uh, let's see here, Baxter. I, I, I always like to watch the Thorns, and especially with playing the Washington Spirit again, that game of the undefeats. Yes. Undefeated undefeats. I don't know what undefeats are. The footers. The feeders, <laughs> yes. Or feet that were underwear? The I don't know. The feet. I don't know. Uh, anyways, that's that's definitely the game I will be keeping my eye on. Uh, let's see if there's another one I'd throw in there. I, I think it's fun to watch the Pride play. They, sure. You know, they're kind of like the, uh, the, counter, the counterpart in MLS. Mm-hmm. they got a fun way of playing the game, so I'll probably pay attention to that Houston Dash-Orlando Pride game as yep, well. That's definitely uh, a game I'm going to be keeping an eye on, as you mentioned, that Portland Spirit game as well. Uh, keep an eye on that Seattle and uh, Chicago game yes. as well. You know, that Sunday Sunday evening thriller. I mean, also, you just want to keep a half an eye on the Boston game as well. Will they finally score a goal? Yeah, at minimum. At right. minimum, will they finally score a goal, or will they finally get a victory? I mean, FC Kansas yeah. City's been struggling. Maybe. This could be it. This, this could, could be, be it. the week for do we it. We want to do some quick picks. I know we're running short on time here. Yes, absolutely. As so I we had uh, moved out of the, <laughs> moved out of it as soon as you said it. Yes, really fast for the predictions. Uh, Houston and Orlando. What do you think? I'm going with Orlando. Okay, interesting. Um, I am actually going to call a draw on this one. I think Alex Morgan's going to finally get bottled up, and uh, Houston is going to be able to shut her down at least a little bit. Uh, New York and Sky Blue. <sighs> Sky Blue des- deserves to win a game here. I agree. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Sky Blue. Okay, I agree, but I'm going to pick Western New York Flash on this one. I think that the way that they played their last game has a good indication that they That's could win true. this game. Portland and Washington. Ooh, this is a tough one. It's at home. It's for Portland and uh, Oh, Baxter, I'm going to do the dreaded draw. Yeah, pick a draw. Do what you always do. Washington's going to win this game. Boston and FC Kansas City. Kansas City's going to find a way to yeah, win. I'm sorry, Boston. So it's just not going to happen yeah. this week. Going with yeah, them? yeah, I'm okay. sorry. That's how, that was sorry, my yes. Sorry. You said it as I was saying it, so I didn't hear you. I was like, wait, what? What are you doing? Uh, and then Seattle and Chicago, a fun Sunday night thriller. Uh, Seattle's going to get a victory in this one. I yeah, just, I'm, I have a, I have I'm, I'm actually going to take gonna Chicago on this one. Okay. I want to see the Red Stars win this. I, mean, I shouldn't say I want to see the Red Stars, but it'd be nice to see an away team win. <laughs> sure. No, fair enough. I understand that, yeah, so far in NWSL, it's been very difficult for the away teams to come through with a victory. Um, briefly here, really fast, as we're uh, running out of time here in this segment, uh, the 25-player roster that Jill Ellis has named. Uh, here are the ladies for you at the goalkeepers, Adriana French, Ashlyn Harris, Alyssa Nair, and Hope Solo. Uh, French probably is not going to make it through. She is the Portland goalkeeper, but I don't know if she's going to be able to keep up with those three other big names ahead of her. She's been playing well, though. She I will has. say that. She has. Uh, defenders, you've got uh, Engen, uh, Hinky, Johnston, Klingenberg, Krieger, Lewandowski, O'Hara, and my phone's going off, uh, Christine Rampone, Sauerburn, and Emily Sonnet. Uh, a very talented group of gals through there. Um, Allie Krieger, I'm sure, Klingenberg, Julie Johnston, a lot of the, the typical we'll see a lot of the regulars gals there. will yeah. be there. Uh, Morgan Bryan, Tobin Heath, Lindsay Horn, Rose Lavelle from Wisconsin, Allie Long, Sam Mewis, and Heather O'Reilly round out the midfield. Yeah, Sam Mewis, who we had on this show uh, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. And then finally, for the forwards, Crystal Dunn, Alex Morgan, Kristen Press, and Mallory Pugh will round out the forward aspect of things. If I had to cut one, probably have to cut Mallory Pugh, unfortunately, just because the other three are just playing just a little bit better. i tell you what, though, Baxter. Mallory Pugh's not even in the league yet. Listen, you rattle off those names, and you just think, how can they not win gold this Mm -hmm. summer if they go and play? there's, There's no reason that they won't win gold, honestly. I would be dumbfounded. 
on it. If they're not in the final, at least. I'll be dumbfounded if they don't make it to the final. Gold depends on who it is. If they play France, that's another story. If they play Germany, it's another story. But even England's still looking good, too. England, the Lionesses, we'll see what they can bring out for it. All right, uh, we got to run to a break. Much more to get to when we come back. Time for some MLS All-Star voting when we get back. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. Welcome back inside the studio for another edition of Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon, let's take a look at the All-Stars, the beautiful, wonderful All-Star game hanging out in Avaya Stadium in San Jose. Which, Baxter, I am officially going I to. I know you I'm are. Very excited. Congratulations. I'm excited for you. You'll Not that I'm playing in the game, redown. but yeah. Congratulations <laughs> on the voting. I know you, you campaigned a lot for those votes, so Congratulations. On that one. Well, we wanted to share the uh, the media ballot that we are using uh, to cast uh, and give you some of the highlights uh, from each team that we're we're picking, regardless of how painful it might be for certain teams. Um, so let's run through this here, Simon. Uh, we'll start with the Chicago Fire yeah, and work just, our way through. Just to be clear, we needed to pick eight players from each yes, team regardless. Did. So this we is a yes. very, very open round of yes. voting. So we just want to give you, though, just a brief rundown of some of the players on each team that we voted for. Um, for the Chicago Fire, the, really the only name that really jumped out at me was uh, Kennedy Igbonanike. I think he's done a fantastic job this year. Uh, we saw him score that beautiful goal against Vancouver uh, the, earlier this week as well. So I think he very much deserves, among others, to be here. Yeah, the one thing I'll say is Matt Lampson actually doesn't get enough credit. Chicago's been losing a lot, but they haven't been scored upon a lot. They're true. actually one of the lower teams with goals against. That is true. So congratulations to them on that one. The Chicago Fire in the books. Colorado Rapids. I mean, what can you really say? Zach McMath, he's playing well. Jermaine Jones, Marco Papa. Everybody else? I mean, Gashi's been doing well. Yeah, yeah McMath, you got to feel for the guy because you know when Howard comes in, Howard's going to goal. And McMath really is one of the, I would say, one of the two best keepers in the league this year, him and Ousted. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would agree. I'd absolutely agree with you on that one. Over to the Columbus crew. Steve Clark, for sure, getting a vote. Uh, you look at some of the defenders, uh, Harrison Afful or Afful or however he is. He's been very good this year. Waylon Francis, Marco Parkhurst. And that midfield that's loitered with really good players, Ethan Finley, Higuain, Justin Marum, Will Trapp. Kai Kamara's gone. Kai so Kamara's gone, no right, longer exactly. There. Ola Kamara is not going to get a vote, sorry. Uh, so that's kind of all we got for them. DC United, a very interesting team. Travis Wara getting our vote from the goalkeeper side of things. Uh, despite some of the injuries, Bill Hamid being gone, Andrew Dykstra's played a little bit too. He's been hurt. Yeah, but I think the player you highlight here is Lamar Nagel. Yes. He's been act- and that's the odd thing. There's been some DC United players actually playing really well this year. They're just not seeing it come to fruition in results. Exactly. Fabian Espindola is one of those, along with Alvaro Sabario as well. So two good guys to keep an eye on the rest of the way. FC Dallas, Chris Seitz gets our vote in the goalkeeper spot. Walker Zimmerman, Ryan Hollinshead, two very young, talented defenders that are continuing to make a big impact for their club. Yeah, and then up top, Rudy 
Maximil, I'm sorry. <laughs> the Maximiliano. See, he's gone from Portland for half a year and already I forgot, forgot how about to say his him. name. It's old news. Now, Rudy, he's been playing fantastic for FC Dallas. Stepped in there, um, you know, became a starter quickly, scored quite a few goals in the beginning of the season. Hasn't been as mm-hmm. hot this, this part of the season, but uh, he's doing what he did at Portland, still scoring goals. Yes, indeed. Over to the Houston Dynamo. Giles Barnes, I think, is a guy that needs to be talked about immediately along with Andrew Wenger as well. Aside from that, I mean, the the midfield has been kind of held together by Ricardo Clark and Alex as well. Defensively, they've struggled this year, Simon. They really have. But you still got to vote for a couple guys. So we gave some votes to Demarcus Beasley and David Horst as well. Yes. All right. Sporting Kansas City, what do you think about this team? You found an interesting conundrum about one of the gentlemen on this team that... uh, He's good, but he's not, but he is. Yeah, that's Dom Dwyer. You know, he's he scores goals here or there, but he just has not been as hot as he has been in seasons past. And he's actually not playing like an all-star should be playing. Mm. So I just I wonder if when the final voting comes around, if we'll see Dom Dwyer in there or not. Uh, he's one of those names, though, that you just kind of assume that you will see him. Yeah, and though. let's face it, an all-star game, a lot of it is a popularity contest. And, and that's one of the unfortunate things about it. But at the same time, it's still kind of fun to see these guys playing against these top-level teams. Exactly. Arsenal, the opponent this year, if you did not know that. All right, over to the LA Galaxy. A team riddled with stars, as we know. Zardes gets one of our votes. Giovanni Dos Santos, without a question. He's played Lights out this season, so congratulations to him. We did make a case, though, for Sebastian Legit, Simon. We did. He's you been, especially were pushing for him. Yeah, he's been playing very strong, and actually, uh, I believe um, he's been in the league now for two years. He came over from the Premier League where yep. he wasn't really playing. Yep. Uh, people didn't know how he would be in this league. He had a strong season last year. He's having a very strong season this year as well. So I think it's a, uh, when we get to vote for eight players, he's definitely, for me, one of those top players for the LA Galaxy. I would agree with you on that one. Okay, Montreal Impact time now. Uh, Ignacio Piatti really needs to be number one among all voters, I feel like. Between him and Diego Valeri and Sebastian Giovinco, I think those three guys are going to really run the voting overall with the guys that have played so well all season long. Yeah, of course, the thing that's going to be hurting Valeri is this three-game losing streak by Portland. Yes. But yeah, Piatti on fire, absolutely. Uh, Gio, I think, will get most votes overall. Oh, if, yeah. he, if he doesn't, that's, that's a little concern. Unless it's Dos Santos, because you could make an argument for him also both, getting the most yeah. votes at this time. MVP race at this time, too. We also threw a vote for Dominic Odoro as well. He's played well recently, he has. and I think he certainly deserves a call-up to the All-Star game. All right, for the New England Revolution, Bobby Shuttleworth, as we've mentioned a couple times on the show, Chris Tierney, one of the best uh, crossers. He's been called the left best crosser in MLS by many people, especially those that know a few more things than we do. Lee Wynn, we actually voted for Kai Kamara as a whole, not necessarily because he's on the Revolution. He's only mm-hmm. played for a game, but as a whole, we voted for Kai Kamara because as a season-wide, he's done well. Well, and you look at the forwards for New England. They, oh, yeah. They've been dealing with a lot of injuries as well through the season. Juan Agadello, especially. You happen to stop talking as soon as I cough. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, good, I can cover this. Never mind. Anyway, uh, NYCFC, interesting because they're playing well. They're doing very well They're right playing now. fantastic right now. David Villa obviously needs the, the, the biggest vote out of anybody, I feel like. On this, and, and I, would, I would make the same argument for McNamara. He's been a nice, pleasant surprise for NYCFC. He's keeping that midfield together. And he's one of the reasons that Villa's playing so well up top. Agreed. I absolutely agree. The other New York team, the Red Bulls, Luis Robles, I mean, a very solid, talented goalkeeper, as we all know. Then the midfield is where it gets fun. Guys like Sasha Kleshton, Dax McCarty. Bradley Wright Phillips seems to have kind of found his scoring niche recently. 
But at the same time, I mean, this is still a team that, as we'll talk about in our next segment, still lost to D.C. United 2-0 when all the stars were on the field, Simon. Yeah, NYRB is a bit of a conundrum. How do you solve a problem like the Red Bulls? I like that. That's good. Exactly. Orlando City. Well, Kyle Lahren's playing well. Kevin Molino, they're doing <laughs> well. Very well. Breck yeah. Shea defensively is doing well. No, he uh, does not need a national team call-up. Everybody calm down. Their captain in the midfield, though, as well. Mm. Uh, why am I? I see, your, I see your list here. No, Kaká is actually not the captain. Adrian Winter? The captain is. Where the heck is it? Uh, keep talking, Baxter. I don't really know what you want me to say at this <laughs> point. I mean, like we mentioned, Molino, <laughs> Kyle Lahren, Rafael Ramos, Sebastian Hines we voted for, Joe Bendick as well. Are you thinking of the same team of what we're looking at uh, right maybe now? I'm, maybe I'm not. Uh, Saren, actually. We should have put in a vote in there for Saren. Oh, Darwin Saren. We can yeah, he's, he's the somebody. captain of the team, and uh, I think he's been playing very well this season yeah. as well. But who would you take out? Winter. Yeah. Take out Winter and give it to Saren. Okay. I'll swap my vote. And now, right, now I know we've got some Orlando fan listening in going, why are you crazy? Yeah. They'll get over it. <laughs> Philadelphia Union. Well, I mean, Chris Pontius has really done a fantastic job. Sebastian Latou, CJ Sapong, the big guys for this there team. There you go. Really. You nailed yeah. it. That's exactly. It. I mean, we voted for Nailed it. Too. Exactly. The Timber Simon, what do we got? Uh, we got Adam Quarcy, even though he's been injured. Uh, Gleason had a couple of great games, but I think teams are starting to figure, it out, figure him out. And I think he's actually playing a little bit in his head as well. Of course, you got Diego Valeri, Diego Chara, so the Diegos both mm-hmm. both get our vote. Go, uh, Diego, Fernando no. Adi still... Still on the top of the scoring charts there. Um, and Darlington Navy as well. So the, kind of the names you'd expect from the Timbers. Exactly. All right, moving on to RSL. Yao Plata really highlights this whole voting process as a whole. Javier Morales has done very good as well, among others, on this team. San Jose, the host team, they've done a very good job. David Bingham, they just got a 3-1 victory over Bing. the weekend as well, as we'll talk about shortly. Uh, Quincy Ameriqua, Chris Wondolowski, besides Simon not wanting to say anything good about him, has played well recently and, desu- <laughs> what? and does deserve. You don't I, like to say anything good about Chris. Yes, I do. I, I've said before he plays very well in MLS, but mm. he doesn't belong in the national team. All right. Uh, Seattle, the Seattle Sounders. Um, not much you can really say. Jordan Morris, I think, certainly deserves credit for what he's done. Clint Dempsey has scored a few goals. Yeah, Alonzo. I think we're going to be honest. We gave him a vote because we had to give eight votes. Exactly. Uh, but I think actually the person who gets the most credit for Seattle season is Chad Marshall. Agreed. I'd agree with you on Both that one. in the front and the back. Exactly. He's been scoring all over the place. All right, Toronto, Giovinco obviously deserves the oh, we did. We gave him a vote. brightest vote. I know. I'm so, so sorry. I didn't mean to t- spring that one on you. Uh, Marky Delgado has played really well. Bradley, Will Johnson. Some good midfield play from all of them overall. And then the Vancouver Whitecaps, Simon. What do Ooh, we got for them? Well, we think they have the starting all-star goalkeeper in David th- Austin. Yes. Yeah. Uh, of course, Harvey, uh, Jordan Harvey in defense has been one of the best backs in the league this year as well. So, uh, you know, got all other names in there for the Whitecaps, but those two guys top the list for us. Absolutely. All right. Let us know your thoughts about who we voted for. Remember, on Facebook, two up front, and on Twitter as well, at Baxter Colburn, at Simon Provan, at two up front soccer. When we come back, let's take a look at what happened in the crazy week of MLS and offer some predictions as well going forward. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com.
Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. All right, Simon, let's do some predicting. What do you say? What do you say? Let's do it. All right, let's predict. Uh, Well, before we get to that, though, let's look back. That allowed us to predict. Oh, okay. Wouldn't that be the smart thing to do? The right thing? The morally obligated thing to do? Sure, sure. So the last week in MLS, Simon, was very interesting for a lot of different reasons. Uh, you went 7-7 seven and seven in our predictions. I Yay. went 5-9, and nine, I do believe. I think that's mathematically how it worked out to be. It was 5-9 and nine for yep. me. Yes, 5-9. So jumped, jumped, jumped a game ahead of you in the overall standings, I believe, with a killer record, right? Yes, you're 41-75. and 75, I am 40-74. and 74. Does that make sense? No. It does not make sense. No, you'd be 40 and 76. That's right. I was like, that doesn't seem right. I understand the need to try to give yourself an extra. I have that uh, liberal arts education, private school, (laughs) best six years of my life. All right. (laughs) So, interesting games on a lot of different facets, a lot of different fronts, I would say. Would you not? Sure. Sure? You're just agreeing with me? I'm just throwing out words now. You're just like, sure. Well, we don't need to go through every single game just because some games were a little boring. But let's talk about that Philly-LA game, honestly, because that certainly surprised a couple people that Philly came out three minutes out of the gate and was like, hey, LA, guess what? We're going to score. And they did. And people were like, what? And yeah. I, even me watching, I was like, what? And then LA was like, all right, enough of this. And then Robbie Rogers and Mike McGee were like, goal, goal. Either way, though, a 2-2 draw Yeah. in Philly. Proper result? Well, I think that's what I predicted. I believe you're right. And, yes. uh, and yeah, I think it is a fair result because Philly's playing at home. They're still not the strongest of teams. They've been playing well, though. You know, they didn't have too much of a changeover from last year. Um, L.A. obviously is playing hot, but it was interesting to see L.A. go up against a more formidable mm-hmm. opponent than they have been. And they um, struggled a little bit. Congratulations, by the way, to King and Rosenberry, who scored that first goal for Philly. That was also his first MLS goal ever. Wow, good for him. So a 2-2 draw finishes there. These are the Wednesday night games. Colorado took down Sporting Kansas City, 1-0. No surprise. Not really, no. FC Dallas, our boy. We just talked to him. Walker Zimmerman getting a goal. He got my 18 fantasy points this last week. Baxter, it's Very a, happy it's a continued tradition that whoever comes on the show goes out and plays an awesome game. Uh, we we had did an interview with Kyle Gregg of yep. the Van Vancouver Whitecaps 2. Yep. He's leading that league in scoring USL, right now. He is dominating USL. Come on our show, people, if you want to score That's goals. Right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The FC Dallas beat Portland 2-1. to one. Good for them. Deservedly so. Uh, I hate to say it, obviously, since I'm a Timbers fan, but Timbers are not looking good right now. I would agree with you on that one. One game that was interesting, though, that I thought was interesting, Vancouver beating Chicago 2-1. Chicago actually looked very much in charge almost this entire they game. They did. Kennedy Igbonanike scored a beautiful little samba dance goal to the near post, beat David Ousted, and uh, Chicago actually controlled most of this game, but Vancouver, they put away goals at the crucial times. That seems to be Chicago's stories for years, though, is yeah. that they go out there. I mean, we saw them beat New York Red Bulls last season mm-hmm. and then come out and lay an egg the next game. So it's it's bewildering if you're a Fire fan. I agreed. Uh, one thing to be an interesting uh, to keep an eye on, though, with this, um, I mean, Vancouver had to play two games this week. Chicago, that was their only game. Or the second, they had to play two games as well this week. So you thought maybe they were saving things for later in the week. Uh, Vancouver, we'll get to their game in a minute. Same with Chicago as well, too. San Jose, they uh, put a fairly good beatdown on Houston in this one. David Bingham coming up with some very big saves as well, but uh, some interesting midfield play for the uh, earthquakes and allowed them to pull away from a 3-1 victory. Yeah, in fact, the first half, you know, we got an early goal there from uh, Alberto Quintero. 
in the third minute, and uh, you thought it was going to be a barnstorm of a game, but it got kind of slow. Then in the second half, my goodness, you know, you see three goals, 43rd minute, 50th minute, 70th minute. You're looking at, at a, a game that you thought was going to end as a draw, but then, uh, again, Alberto Quintero comes in at the 70th minute, scores mm-hmm. that third goal. Annabel uh, Godoy scores the, uh, the, the go-ahead goal for San Jose. And I really have to give credit, though, to Chris Wondolowski on that last goal, though. He had made a great run down the right side, he and he whipped a beautiful ball in right across the face of the goalkeeper, couldn't get to it, and he had Quintero back post, knocked it in. All really, though, coming from that run from him. Probably the game that surprised me most this week was the D.C. United uh, manhandling of the New York Red Bulls. They won 2-0, and they did it. Then, If you go back and you watch these goals, you watch the highlights, there were just some gorgeous passes that allowed these goals to happen, honestly. Especially, the, I believe it was the first goal, the through ball that got played through to Marcelo Sarvas, sent it right back across the face of goal that allowed, I do believe it was a Spindola, I believe, to score. It was a Spindola or Sabarillo. I think they both scored in this game, so I forget which one scored first. But um, whoever scored that first goal, uh, Sabarillo scored first. That's right. Um, but a beautiful, you know, unselfish play from him, slotted it back across, unmarked, knocked it home. DC United against a on paper very good Red Bulls team took him to work and made him look very bad in this one. Yeah, actually, I'll be honest with you, Baxter. I didn't get a chance to watch this, but just seeing the final score line was uh, was a bit of a surprise. And kudos to DC United getting that two uh, zero win in that Atlantic Cup derby. Yes, yes, indeed. And people were saying, "You don't think this is a, this is a rivalry?" No, no, no. This is a rivalry. DC and the Red Bulls. This is a big rivalry. Yeah, and Mister Alexi Lalas. Now I know he's trying to sell the league and sell the upcoming games, but sure. to say that the Red Bulls NYCFC is the best rivalry in MLS right now, give me a break. Oh, stop, Alexi. It's like you never played in the league or cut your hair in your life. Anyway, Montreal and Philadelphia, they tied on Saturday 1-1, similar to the Columbus Crew and Colorado Rapids. Two interesting 1-1 draws in this one. Uh, Colorado, Pablo Mascarani coming out afterwards, the head coach saying it was a good result, a good result against a Columbus team that is no longer Kai Kamara-ish full. Yeah, well, you know, you're, you're traveling. You're going to, uh, you know, the Eastern Division game, and Colorado, they're, they're looking to get points on the road. And uh, for Philadelphia to end the weekend, two games, getting a point out of each. Yep. Granted, one was at home, but it, that was against the LA Galaxy. You know, this other one on the road against Montreal, that's a lot of travel. And to finish the weekend with two points, mm-hmm. that says a lot about Philadelphia. Exactly, yeah. Great job for Philadelphia, really holding tight. The New England Revolution get a very needed victory against the Chicago Fire. Lee Wynn scores a goal, and Femi, the rookie, he set up perfectly, not at home the header. Uh, Kai Kamara also made his debut. He just sprayed the Chicago Fire goal mount with goal with shots all night long. Didn't find the back of the net, but you could see the connection early between him and Lee Wynn and the midfield, and it really looked interesting. Another thing to keep in mind, Kellen Rowe, a midfielder, played right back in this game as well because oh, I didn't of all these that. injuries as well. And mm. folks after the game were saying, well, maybe there's an option. Call him up. <laughs> Sign him up. He's the best right back we've got. No, that's not what people were saying. But the Revolution get a very much-needed victory. The Chicago Fire uh, taken to the cleaners, really, in this one couldn't keep up with what the Revolution midfield, when it's on, is the best, I argue, in Major League Soccer. Now, one game that really had folks going crazy with, and I watched the highlights of this game. I watched some of this game as well. And before we even get to the scoreline, the, abs- <laughs> the atmosphere of this game, though, I thought was incredible. 
Yeah, I tell you what, Toronto FC was really the first team in this league to actually have a culture of soccer in their stadium. Yeah, for it folks was who don't amazing. remember this, um, so that is that is spread through the league with Seattle, with Portland, uh, even with Sporting Kansas City. It, it all really a lot of it began with TFC. But this game, I tell you, like you're saying, the atmosphere was just the Whitecap fans were amazing, the TFC fans were amazing, and then you do add in that four three scoreline, Baxter. Once again, I got burned in fantasy because I didn't captain Giovinco. I captained Adi thinking, hey, he's got a double week. They're playing sure. some weaker no, teams. I, mean, on that, I, I understand from that perspective. That but this sense. just goes to show I will never uncaptain Giovinco just ever again in my life. He has been involved in every single Toronto FC goal this year, whether he scored it or assisted it. Every single goal has yeah, come through Yeah, you look at him. this last weekend, two goals and an assist. And how many goals does Toronto have? Three. Mm-hmm. Credit to the Vancouver Whitecaps. Yes. Kikute Mane, two goals and an assist from him this week. He won MLS Player of the Week as well. That's the Kikute Mane people were talking about before the season started. Absolutely. And he's been fairly quiet most of the year, and now he just came out and went, hey, guys, I'm here, and just absolutely embarrassed the Toronto backline multiple times in this one. Uh, hopefully he can carry it through. Yes, yes, exactly. FC Dallas uh, taking on Seattle. They beat them 2-0, FC Dallas. We had talked to Walker Zimmerman uh, a couple of shows ago and asked him, said, hey, you got to play Portland, you got to play Seattle. Teams like this are hard to beat. And still, they they were, but both of these games were at home, though. Yeah, well, and Portland, Portland was, uh, wh- which game are we talking about right now? Seattle-Dallas. Se- <laughs> Portland was the first game, Seattle Portland was the, the first second game. game. Sorry, I'm a Portland fan, so of course <laughs> I hear Seattle, I'm going to think Portland. Like, boo. <laughs> no, but what I was going to say about that Portland game is Portland was actually dominating that game, and then Zimmerman got that header goal, yep. and the tide just completely, completely changed. changed. Same thing here, though. FC Dallas, they ran play. They scored in the third minute. They scored in the 80th minute. Mauro Diaz got a penalty kick. Mikel uh, Burritos assisted off of Mario Rosales. Yeah, and who was responsible for that PK getting called? Walker Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. Ran down into the box and Chad Marshall took him down. 18 points this week, Walker. Thank you so much, sir. I much much muchly appreciate you. All right, so the final three games that took place on Sunday, Houston took down RSL, a little bit of a surprise, yeah, considering but- how poorly Houston's played and RSL though hasn't been that great on the same court. Yeah, though. the thing is RSL has had been winning games but not by much. Yes. So to me, this wasn't too much of a surprise, other than that you know Houston actually got a result. <laughs> that is true. Uh, Sporting Kansas City beat Orlando two to one. I've never heard a commentator more excited for a team to finally score a goal, right. and that was the first thing after Dwyer scored the goal. The commentators were saying, "Finally, <laughs> it's finally happened. The drought is over. They have scored a goal, and they finally got a victory too, which was so needed if you're Sporting Kansas City." It is, and what's interesting about this? This is almost the battle of the unknowns. You never know what you're going to get with Orlando. You never know what you're going to get with Sporting KC. So Agreed. it was a very fitting scoreline. It really was. Yeah, I really do agree with you. But perhaps, Simon, the game, aside from that Toronto-Vancouver game that had everybody buzzing by a scoreline, you look at NYCFC in Portland. Perhaps the biggest upset of the week, I would argue. You could argue that at the same time. As much as I said New York City should have not fired Kreis, mm-hmm. uh, Vieira, he's got his team on a three-game win streak. Portland's on a three-game losing streak. So was it really that much of an upset? I think any time you beat the MLS Cup champion, that's you can thing. make I think that that's argument. That's why I think people are a little bit more. But we've seen it. we saw this last year from Portland. They start out slow, but I'm telling you, I'm I'm still worried about this team. Mm-hmm. Um, I <laughs> texted you right after the game. Two words: fire Porter. Yep, first one of the year too. 
It was only that the first, was first one. first one right. of the year. So I'm right. surprised we made it this far, honestly. Um, and it's not like that Portland is suffering that much. No. At the same time, New York City FC, for as bad as their defense had been, I don't know what's happened, but they've really tightened things up. Now yeah. you've, you've got McNamara, as I mentioned before, running things in the midfield, mm-hmm. getting that ball up to Villa, and Villa taking care of business. <sighs> very, very, very good at what he does. It's a lot of fun to watch. He's one of those guys where uh, you, you want to go to a game maybe just to see him play. He scored eight goals this year out of the team's 17. I mean, he's on the same level. He, Fernando Adi, and Sebastian Giovinco all have eight goals right. this season so right. far. So, but, I mean, he's, they're very good. all three of those guys are a lot of fun to watch. All right, let's look at this upcoming week for predictions. TFC and NYCFC, that's a fun game. Traditionally, you'd be like, next. But the way the teams are playing right now, Toronto is um, just lost, but they are still scoring goals in bunches, though, at the same time. But NYCFC, three-game win streak. Yeah, and you know what? I have to say, uh, of course, Giovinco, he's still young, so mm-hmm. he's he's playing like he really wants to play. But it is so fun to see David David Villa once again, <laughs> once again, uh, to see a player of his caliber come over here and not treat it as a retirement. No. He is putting his heart on the line every game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got Toronto in this game. Okay, I'm going to try to stay on this NYC hype train for a little bit. I'm going to pick them in this victory. I know Toronto hosts, but I think NYCFC might be a little cheeky in this one and sneak out a victory. What I'm hoping for is a very high-scoring affair mm. because I got both. Via and Giovinco. Yes. They're going to score three goals and assist on four more. I love it. Perfect. 7-7 seven, seven draw. <laughs> Just call it that. Perfect. The Red Bulls and Chicago, we both have... New York Red Bulls. Yes. It's too hard to give any credit to Chicago as far as uh, a win. They need more help. They need a lot more help, honestly. Philly and D.C. United, another Eastern Conference game that traditionally nobody cares about, but D.C. has been playing fairly well. Philadelphia survived a fairly brutal last two week, mm-hmm. uh, last you know two games this last week, but we both have Philly winning this yeah, game. Yeah, I could easily see D.C. once again getting a win out of this, I could but too. I think Philly's too strong, especially at home. I agree. Now, according to Alexi Lalas, the biggest rivalry game of the week, NYCFC <laughs> hosting the New York Red Bulls and the New York Spectacular, the Hudson River Derby or whatever they're yes. calling it, the Subway Series. If you're a, Re- a, a Yankees and Mets fan, NYCFC Red Bulls, I've got a draw in this game because I think the game is just going to fall flat on its face and no one's going to show up. <laughs> well, these games tend to be very exciting, uh, whether it's in Yankee Stadium or Red Bull Arena. And yep. I do think with FC playing on that very narrow pitch, I'm taking uh, I'm taking the NYC David FC. Villas. David Villas of the Baby Blues <laughs> of the Man Cities of the NYCs. Chicago and Houston. I have Houston winning this game. I think Houston sucks slightly less than Chicago does. <laughs> they suck enough that it's going to be a draw. Ah, fun. TFC and Columbus. This is the Trilinium Cup what? game. True story. Who? I got TFC. Who the hell named it that? <laughs> Sorry. TFC, I think, is going to win this game, too. FC Dallas and the Revs. I've got the Revs winning this game. I think they're going to be able to ride. Uh, what we saw from Kai Kamara in the midfield last week, I think, is only going to carry even more now that they're going to have a full week to practice together, and I think that is going to propel them to a victory. FCD does struggle on the road, but for some reason I see him winning this one. Okie doke. Orlando and Montreal. We actually agree on something. We do. That I usually hate you for. <laughs> uh, we both got a draw on this yes. one. Hey, Again, we don't know Orlando's team at all. Montreal, eh, they play well, but then they usually give up a goal or two. That's exactly Exactly what I was thinking. Sporting and RSL. I, I got. What do you got? I oh, got a draw on this you one. You have a draw on this one. I have uh, Sporting Kansas City. 
taking the victory on this one. Yeah, I just I just see these guys again. Will Dom Dwyer score again? Who knows? RSL, who knows? Exactly. All right, uh, Seattle and Colorado. I've got Colorado. I still kind of believe the hype that's going on with the Rapids. Uh, oh, I believe the hype, but I believe that getting a draw in Seattle is is uh, almost just, <laughs> of course, it's almost just as good of a win. But for a team like Colorado that's finding its form, I'm going with a draw on this one. Okay, uh, two other MLS games fast. Portland and Vancouver. I'm staying with Timbers on Ooh, this one. Vancouver, I think, is going to ride the hot streak. And then the California Classico, L.A.-San Jose. I see what you got. I got L.A. Ah, I've got San Jose. I just know how this game has worked in the past, San Jose. There's, is there Alan Gordon, though? Is the Alan oh, Gordon there you effect go. in yeah, effect? You yeah. know, we'll find out. Puerto Rico-USA. I got U.S. winning 5 nothing. Yep, I saw that. I've got the U.S.A. as well taking on that victory. All right, we're going to run. Scoreline. Give me a scoreline. 3 nothing. 3 nothing. 3 nothing. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. All right, we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. Power Rankings and I Believes. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. Back here on another edition of Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. Final segment, the final countdown, Simon. Are you ready? You're so I ready. am now unmuted, You're so, and so ready. now I'm ready. You, can't even, you had to control your excitement and take a moment. You know, Baxter, I just had to say that I think it was only fair that we predict a scoreline in that U.S.-Puerto sure. Rico game because we, we know the U.S. is going to win. So the only fair prediction is that scoreline. Okay, fair enough. I'm sure you said 5 nil, and I said 3 nil. You did. All right. Power rankings very quickly. Should we just ram through these? Let's ram through them. Why not? I mean, this is, if we had more time, I would say let's spend more time because there's a couple things we could hinder on and linger on a little bit more. But anyway, so we both agree on our number five. We do. FC Dallas, we both have at number five. Uh, they weren't in our power rankings last week, and now here they are back after a couple weeks off. Two big victories. They get six points out of two big Cascadia games. Very much deserve it, I feel like, to yeah. be back in the power rankings. Absolutely. Now, your number four is different than my number four. It's interesting. We have the same teams in our power rankings, yes. just in different places. Different yeah, I've got, I've got Vancouver at four because they haven't looked that great this season, but they did win their last two games. So it's kind of the same idea there with uh, FC Dallas. Of course, Vancouver did win in Portland, or not in Portland, but they did win that Cascadia match, which for me has a lot more weight than just any sure. other game. No, I'd agree with you on that one. Actually, the reason that I have Vancouver in my power rankings at number two is because they've actually won their last three games. Oh, last three games. Yes, they All won right. their last three games. Over the last six, they have not. Uh, they've they won their last three, but they've won four out of their last six games. They've drawn one and lost one. So Vancouver is actually my number two team. Um, my number four is actually the LA Galaxy. Though they haven't looked horrible, but they've dropped a little bit. They've gotten 12 points out of their last six games. Yeah, but they haven't lost since their second game True. of the season, and it's not like a huge string of draws. No. Um, but it was interesting, as we talked about, to see them go up against the tougher team. I agree. Um, but I, because of what I just said, I have them, the LA Galaxy, as my number three team. Okay. And the only reason we're, I'm going more so off of teams that look hotter right now, I have NYCFC at my third team, which is why Vancouver is at two, and I dropped LA a little bit because of the amount of how f much they've been running around right now. And I, I can't believe this, Baxter. I didn't think we'd say this this early in their existence. I have New York City FC at my number two spot. Wow, interesting. But yeah. again, four-game unbeaten streak, and they're, 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 they're putting in the goals. They're looking impressive. They're short up that defense. 
yeah, I'm interested to see how NYCFC continues to roll along here. Agreed. And then our number one team for both of us is the Colorado Rapids. Sure is. You can't argue against Second their week in record. A row. Yep. Second week in a row. I love it. I do want. Yes, Simon. You had something to say. I'm I was so just going to say, I did want to make note that the Red Bulls were number three in my rankings last week, and I had to drop them out because uh, they went from a draw. They went from two wins to a draw and then to a loss. Mm. So, th- that you know, anyways, we got to move on here. We do. We've got I our I Believes. What do you got for us, Simon? I've got my I Believe this week is that, well, there's news came out that Lukaku has a 65 million pound price tag on him, and his dad said it's ridiculous. there's only two clubs he's going to go to. Manchester United or Bayern. So I believe that Lukaku will leave Everton, but that he will not sign with either of those two teams. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Interesting. Okay. I could see Manchester United perhaps picking him up. Rooney's getting older. They they need a goal scorer, but uh, Bayern's too loaded to to need somebody at that price tag. Oh, interesting. Okay, and then for me, for my I believe, uh, I'm doing something new this summer, actually. I'm playing in a, a Euro fantasy league basically euro 2016 fantasy league and every year you always hear how england underperforms well the roster that they have i believe that england is going to make it to the semi-finals of the euros i know a bit outlandish but they're going to ride the jamie vardy train and the danny Drinkwater train all the way through well they they did the that have an incredibly tough group to get out of to get to the uh, euros that's true <laughs> that is very true <laughs> he says that sarcastically ha 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 anyway well thank you so much everybody for joining us for another exciting edition of two up front a very special thanks to our friend of the show, Peter Wilt from Chicago NASL, for joining us on the program as well. And um, just for being here with us as well. We appreciate you guys listening in. Remember, you can find us Fridays, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Sports Radio America and then on demand on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and on Spreaker.com. Download the app, download whatever you need to. Listen to us on demand in the shower, going for a walk, even at the soccer field. Why not? Or check us out on Facebook, 2 Up Front. On Twitter, we are at 2 Up Front Soccer. He is at Baxter Colburn. I am at Simon Provan. Yes, indeed. We will see you all again next week. He's Simon Provan. I'm Baxter Colburn. With our manager being the one above, we are 2 Up Front. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, price and coverage match limited by state law.